you know, one of the key things is, how do you get to know the Lord? For me, the primary way is the Bible, you know? And it's just, the more you read it, the more he reveals himself. So, thanks Mike for the intro. So, I just want to just chat to us about the series that we're starting. So, six weeks, um, we're kicking off this identity series. And kind of what we've been discussing in the life of the church um, has been profound. Because if you look back this whole year, the Lord's basically been saying... I love you, no matter what, regardless. If you look back at all the preachers, you look back at all the things the Lord's been saying, I love you. Um, And so if you're here, if you're a first-time guest here today, you would have gotten one of these. Um, Does anybody not have one? Cool, so everyone's got one. So basically the way it works, six weeks, we go through a preach during, on a Sunday, go through um, a teaching, and then during the week, in our midweek groups, we meet and watch a video and discuss and do life together. So you'll see, um, first page is, is kind of what the whole series is based on, Ephesians 1. Then the second page has is, is got a, a creed, which we'll go through just now. And then there's a weekly study. And then if you look here, page 4, you've got space for some notes. Please, this, this morning... If the Lord speaks to you, write it down. If he says one thing to you, write it down. You know, one word from the Lord can change your life forever. One word. That's all you need. It's nice to have lots, but one is enough, you know. And then, obviously, page five, there's where where the sessions start during the week. And then, I just want to show you quickly, if you go to page 18... You will see it says there, I am an image bearer. Basically, that's where your devotional start. So there's also a 36-part devotional that will run through the whole uh, time that the series runs. So, So six days a week, one day off. Or clap them, you know, I don't know what, clap them at night, clap them in the morning, do it when, you know, but there's six, there's one for every day, and the Lord is wanting to reveal himself through those devotionals to us as well. So it's quite, what's in this book is quite in-depth. Also, guys, don't take 12 books. (laughs) Let's be good stewards. If you want to take one for your buddy at home, and he didn't get you, take one for him and make sure he gets it. And let's be good stewards of what the Lord has blessed us. Uh, what do you? Yeah, write your names in the book. So that if you do leave it here, we can get it to you and your life group leader can, can give you a bit of a, a five-fold ministry there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you're here for the first time, me and my beautiful wife have got the privilege of leading this site. My name's Frank, um, and I've got the privilege of kicking off this series this morning. Um, so identity. I mean, I, I'm, there's many teachers that can teach on this way better than me. I don't profess to be a great teacher. Um, I just 
have learned some lessons in my life, and maybe I can just share those with you today. But before we get to that, so I think about identity, and I think about Alan Parfit came through last weekend, and he said something that was profound. He says, Enoch, you go read. He's a champion of the faith, Hebrews 11. You go read it, and his CV was this. He walked with God, and then he was taken away. That was his CV, and he was regarded as one of the champions of faith, you know? And I'm thinking, yeah, sometimes we try to add so much, but all we need is to walk with God. And so, if you'll allow me to, to just think about some things. So, who wanted to be wearing a black Jersey, last Saturday. <laughs> we got some buddies here. Um, sorry, guys. I know you are visiting us from New Zealand. Well, you can take a picture with me under those yellow and green balloons. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, guys, I think, you know, we're not talking about identification. Although sometimes we, 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 we can think of it like that. See, you got... Last weekend, I was proud to be wearing a green and gold jersey and support the country that I live in, you know, and support the Springboks. And I was proud to be in South Africa at the time of winning the World Cup. I'm sure you guys were. I'm sure then, I think it was Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Cyril put out his announcement. December the 15th. Who's happy to be an employee? Who's not happy to be an employer? <laughs> no, I'm joking. You know the guys are counting. But Cyril declares a public holiday because of our nation. You know, And he says, hey, I'm proud to be associated with the Springboks, and so I'm declaring it a public holiday in this country. Too bad for other countries. They don't get one. <laughs> you know? But it's like there's a privilege to be associated with certain things. And so, so we have the privilege of not being associated with a fake God. So you go to the store, I grab the cheese, I get to the till, the lady's like, it's 109 bucks. I say, what? 109 bucks for this? And I look at it, oh. Vegan cheese. So I'm like, just hold on. So I'm like, no offense to the vegans, but hey guys, cheese is cheese. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so now I walk around, I walk around. You know, there's, you go there, you grab, you look at chocolates. They even say, they're kind of similarly named. So you grab them quickly. You grab the bag, I get there. I'm like, this is an injustice. <laughs> these Romani creams are fake. I have to go back. I can't eat these. I must eat the real Romani creams because I know when I crack that packet and I dip it into a nice cappuccino, I know what I'm going to get. And so there's a reality to an identification, to a brand. Now, please, God is not a brand. 
but he is the one and only true God. And we get, like what Mike was saying, that fingerprint. We get to be called sons and daughters of the living God. You know, we, it says that we are made in his image. And so, there's, there's three slides, which I want to just show you briefly, and then I want to just discuss. So basically, we, if you can put that first slide up, if you look at that circle, that's what God sees in you, right? Just this is profound. If you grab this, in the way the Lord was wanting and intended it to be grabbed throughout human civilization, there would be no need for comparison. There would be no need for anything. Because if you see yourself how God sees you, you, you that's enough. And so then you get, another, you get the next circle. So basically that's what God believes about us. Then you get another circle, which is what do I believe? You know, disclaimer. Sometimes you can pretend to be someone that you're not. And sometimes you, you, you kind of, we've all been through it. People get, somebody says something to you, somebody does something to you, you pick something up along the way, you picked something up at school, and now you believe it for the rest of your life. You know, siblings, <laughs> older siblings, careful what you say to your younger siblings. I promise you, my sister said some things that stuck with me for my whole life. <laughs> Only to find out they were just making a joke and it's not even true. And it's like, they were like, oh yeah, I was just kidding with you. Like, I've been carrying this thing for my whole life because somebody spoke it over you, you know, and you believe it or you read it. Or, and so you got these things, these, these things that you carry and they actually form part of your DNA, so to say, part of your, the fabric of your life. And then you get this part in the middle. And if we can segment it quickly, if you go to the third slide, if we can, so basically, if you look at segment number two, I don't know if you can see it clearly, is what God sees in us. Segment number three is kind of what, what I believe about myself. And segment number one is the sweet spot in the middle. promise you guys that sweet spot is what the Lord is the Lord is almost trying to take these two segments and like put them together and so that there's not much falseness of what you believe and there's not much that you're living in that you don't see what God sees and that's why in the life when when in the life of the church people come and speak to you people give you prophetic words hey God says this over your life write that thing down brew because you're gonna forget it i'm telling you and then you go back to your journal oh marie congratulations seven years come on let's give the lord a hand for what he's done in marie's life you know i think about it 
coming 8th of November, 2013, 10 years ago. So on the 8th, I think in three days' time, will have been 10 years since I got saved. But sometimes I forget that. And I forget what God is doing. And then I just live through my life and then I, I go through my journal and I'm like, what? It's my spiritual birthday coming up. That day that you gave your life to Christ is the most important day ever in your life. And so what God wants to do is bring those things closer. And it's, it's like little by little, God realigns those circles, realigns them. What do I believe? Mm, you believe it, but is it true? You believe it, but is it true? And the, where's the ultimate truth? Where is it? Right here, buddy. This thing here. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth, original plumber, 100 years ago. He says, the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, do you really think that the Lord stopped the sun? Yes. It's what the Bible says, so that's what I believe. Well, do you really believe these guys lived 935 years wasn't it just they didn't have watches? Bro, the sun rises, the sun sets. Yes, 9.35, I believe it, that settles it. Done. And so the, what God says about you is here. So do you want to read what God says about you? Or do you want to just hear, hear say? <laughs> Shall we go to it? So, so kind of our key, our key scripture in this series I, wanna, I want us to read a bit of this, and then I want to read some other scriptures. So, if you, in your booklet, I think it's page one, Ephesians one. Let's read it together, just the first couple of verses. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus, through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, how's this? We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Now, guys, there's some big words there. 
and if you go look at the meaning of lavished and grace and adoption and sonship, daughtership, you look at all those words and you quickly realize what God sees in you. And if, 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 if you briefly want to kind of like scan through the big words, in verse 1 he says this, one of God's holy people. He says, an apostle, so Paul, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and he's writing this letter to God's holy people. So if you are saved and you declare that your faith is in Jesus Christ, you are a holy person of the living God. They might be good people, but they're in sin if they haven't been washed by the blood of Jesus. So you are, ho- you are one of God's holy people. Verse 1. Another thing. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Guys, it blows my mind. Imagine this. Now, ladies. Actually, no. <laughs> Even myself. Imagine this. Elon pulls in here. Mr. Musk comes in a cyber truck there. I don't know who follows, who checks out Elon, but he's quite, a, he's quite a disruptor, okay? Pulls in here, he says, my friend, he has my card. Which card? No, he has my personal card. There's no limit. You can't spend faster than what this thing's going to build interest. So just go mull. All of you, actually, just go, just go mull. I can tell you where I'm going straight, but I won't. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everyone just grabs that thing. You'll, you, you've, got, you've got access to this Oaks account. And he doesn't even feel it because it's like whatever. These guys can't spend what I, what my wealth is creating its own wealth. Now, it's not about monetary blessing, what, what Paul is saying here. But in a sense, he's saying, if God walks in here, which he has, and said, you've got everything to fulfill the call of God and to just live as a son or daughter who walks with God, how would you be living? Because you've got it. It would be a shame, it would be crazy if Elon came in here and said, here, spend, spend whatever you want, and me and Rosie went to KFC instead of to Marble or the go show, you know? Like it, no offense to KFC, sometimes it's got its, you know what I mean? It's like, it would be a shame. Why are you using this card there when you could use it there? And I'm like, you got access to this all the spiritual blessings under heaven. What does it say here? Yeah, we were blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse 4, we chosen. That thing settles it for me. You know what the Bible says? You know what Jesus says? You know, we stand here and we say, Lord Jesus, I choose you. And yes, There is a sense of response. There is a sense of you opening up your heart to the Lord. But the Bible says, you did not choose me. I chose you. You go go go-karting. These guys know. 
car number 10, bro. You want to get that car because it's the lightest and the fastest and you make a choice. You go out and you choose something because you know its value. You see, and you, God chooses you because it says here, well, it says there, before the world began. I mean, it blows my mind. So, Lord, you were thinking of me, me, and everyone here, and everyone on this planet, saved or unsaved. God has a purpose for everyone, and God wants everyone to be saved. You were thinking of me before you created the place where I was going to be born, where I was going to live. Yes. Me and Rosie, before Benicio came. What's his room going to look like? What's this going to think? What's that going to look like? Where are we going to put this stuff? No, this doesn't fit here. Now when I turn, now the dustbin's here. We were thinking about his life before he was born. Now obviously, the Lord goes before us and he knew he was going to come at that time in our lives. And the Lord worked all of that out, you know? And it's like the Lord chose you before he created the world. That should settle it for you. So remember what Alan Parfit said. And if you guys weren't here, he said this, Psalm 46. Just want to get it, yeah? Be still and know that I am God. And that doesn't mean be still and go sing Kumbaya in the mountains, although it can, and you... you you, you might need that at times. It means in the middle of the frenzy, in the middle of everything, the only way you can fully experience this amazing God is to be still. See, and then I stumbled on a scripture, Ephesians 2, verse 6. It says, God seated us with Christ. When do you sit? When I come home from work, I sit down. I can't sit while I'm working, unless if you're working at a desk, but you get, you get the point. I work out on the job. I come home, kick off my shoes, put on my pantoffles there, and I sit. And I'm like, ah, there's nothing more I need to do today. And then Rosie... <laughs> <laughs> says Frank <laughs> and I'm like yeah no no but it's like it's a picture of you you are seated at with Christ because the job is done there's nothing more you can do to make yourself more loved more valuable yes of course you can teach people you can inspire people you can be good to people you can encourage you can lift up you can help you can be generous you can pray you can do all of these things but there's only one thing that makes you seated with Christ is that he died for you you did nothing he died for you and he chose you it's so beautiful because you don't have to do anything. But then, guess what? We, we push. 
No, you're not good enough. You're not this. Check it, these oaks. Check it, what those oaks are doing. Check it, this person. And so then you come, now you're living in this circle. Now you're on this circle. Oh, what, is he th- what do I think? Uh, what, what sort of a dad am I? Sort of a pastor. Sort of a, th- you know, and you start, and then you start believing things. But God says, I love you, my boy. I love you, my girl. And so how's this? you chosen. Okay, I went a bit too long there. <laughs> but it's like, you chosen. you adopted. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, the Lord says, doesn't matter where you come from, so long as you believe in his son, well, so long as you believe in him, you become part of his family. You are grafted in. Doesn't make sense. But that's God's economy. You get what I'm saying? You are adopted into the kingdom of heaven. You're forgiven. Verse 7. And his grace. Verse 7 and 8. And I want to read that. Is lavished on us. I mean, if you look at the word lavish... It's, it kind of means like, just pour it out. Just pour it out. Spare no expense. Just, and you look at verse 7 and 8, and it says, In him we have redemption through his blood. You don't have redemption. You have it through his blood, his sacrifice. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And it's like, if we can sit and during the coming weeks study and kind of unpack what those words mean. You see, you can hear about many things of what God thinks about you. And they can come through people and and the Lord uses people. But when you read the word and the Lord brings it to life for you, that's all you need. And so I encourage you to just read. And how, how how do you start not believing, how do you not believe the lies and believe what God says? Well, it's easy. Romans 12 tells us, transform your mind. Oh, that's, that's great, Frank. How do you transform your mind? Okay, John 15. Remain in me. Those who remain in me, I will be in them. See, Romans 12 says, Romans 12 says this, do not conform, does anybody know, to the pattern of what? This world. Why? It's fallen. Because the road to hell is? And the other, what's the other one? Small and narrow. Gypsy Smith, what does he say? It takes a live fish to swim against the current. It takes a dead one to just go. Live one must turn around. Have you seen those salmon, uh, like the, the, the hibernation? And the salmon are like swimming and jumping upstream to survive. Yes, it takes a live one. So don't conform to the patterns of this world. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
That's, what are you showing me? Yes, 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 I know. Yeah, there's, yeah thanks. <laughs> um, but I just want to share it, you know, because that's, you know, don't allow the world, don't conform. Do you know why? Because you automatically transform. If you go with the flow, you become it. And so you have to allow the Holy Spirit to transform your mind. So just during this week, think about what do you believe? What do I really believe? And even now, the Holy Spirit is saying, do you really believe that? What that oak said? What that person said? And I want to read to you two or three scriptures. And then, Mike, you can take it from there. But I want to just get these scriptures quick. And I want, I want you to think of Paul. So Paul writes this to the Ephesians. Now, this is not in your booklet and in your notes. This is something that I felt that, that I, I should share with you. And so Paul writes all these letters to all these churches. And he says, others don't say this of him. He says this when he writes this letter. And in many places. So in Romans 1, 1 verse 1, he says this. I, Paul, a bond servant, or a servant, if you want to use 2023 language, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. So that's his intro. Now I've seen some email signatures. BSC of this and Hans that and all these things. Now you want to know what it would have said, the apostle Paul, it would have said Paul, I don't know what his surname was, <laughs> and it would have said, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. That's his email signature. MD of this, MD of that, COO, CTO, I don't know, all the O's. And those are all good things, but those accolades... And we've worked hard and we've studied and we've done those things. But those things don't give us the value that God is seeing in us. What gives us the value is that his blood has washed us. And so even Paul, guess what? If you take out, I just want to show you something. If you take out... Who he's a bondservant of. What value is he? So if you say, Paul, a bondservant of, I don't know, some guy down the road here. No value. Because the value is not in Paul. The value is in whose or who Paul is following. 
See, it's not who he is. Yes, he's an apostle. But who, whose is he? You see, if you look there, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. So what is, what is a bond servant? What is a servant? Or, well, back in the day, what is a bond? Something that has been bought with a price. So Paul is saying, I've been bought with a price by the blood of Jesus. Right? So he says, I, Paul, have been bought with the blood of Jesus. I've been called to be an apostle. And I've been separated to the gospel of God. So he knows who bought him. He knows whose he is. And he knows what he's been separated for. You see, he says this in 1 Corinthians 7.23. Paul writes, For you were bought with a price. So do not become slaves of men. Because remember the context. Back in the day, lots of slavery. They, people being oppressed. Romans. Everything there. And, G, and Paul says, you've been bought with the highest price. Now don't go back. And then he goes further to say this in Galatians 1.10. Not in your notes. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be the bond servant of Christ. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot please man and God. You can be good to men. And, some, and Paul says, you know, I, I be all things to all men so that somehow some can be saved and so that they can serve the one who bought me. Not so they can serve me. There's a purpose to him kind of being all things to all men so that they would see the light. And so for me, your true identity doesn't come from all these accolades and titles and all the things, as good as they are, apostle, prophet, all those things. The true identity comes from this, pleasing God. If you are pleasing God, if you are pleasing God, you're on a rock-solid foundation. You're not going left and right and around in comparison and this and that because you cannot compete with this world that we're in. You can't. Oaks are getting faster. Oaks are getting stronger. Oaks are get, this, everything's just, you can't. The only way is to say, God, you bought me with a price and I live to please you. You see, what Paul, what Paul knew is he was owned by someone. That's what made his identity. Jesus Christ owns me. He knocked me off a horse one day on a dusty road to Damascus and he purchased me by his blood. And now I live to serve him. See, he knows not who he is, although Paul was a great man, wrote much of the New Testament, faith that can move mountains, but it's not who he is, it's 
whose he is. And for us as Christians, as those who say, I believe in Jesus Christ. That's all you need. And so as we go in, for the next five weeks, we're going we're gonna to go through things like, we, I just want to get through the next five. We're going to go through these. I'm a child of God. I'm a servant, which I kind of just touched on. I'm a saint. Might be surprising to you. I know we, those are old words. We don't really live in that. Wasn't it saint this and saint that? No, you're a saint. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you're saved, you are a saint. How's this? You're a citizen of heaven. We're going to unpack that in the coming weeks. And, I, and this is a big one. And it'll come at the end. I'm an ambassador of Christ. You are a representative of the living God. And you know an ambassador carries all the perks and can use them when he needs. Have you seen all those cars? They end with a D. The number plate ends with a D, a diplomat or something like that. Or it's, a, 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 it's never like an Etios or something. <laughs> it's always some nice black tinted X6M or something there. You know? Why? Because they're representing their country. They are representing the place where they come from. And so the country says, Go ahead. Where do you want to stay? Stay here. What do you want to eat? Eat that. Now that's financial, but it's a small picture of how the kingdom of heaven works. God says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills and you have access not to the resources to do things, but access to to just be in my presence to tell people about me, to show people about me, to teach people about me. And I want to close with one scripture. And then Mike, I don't know if you want, if you want to lead us in a prayer. You know, at the prayer meeting on Wednesday, I felt a prophetic word for one of some of the churches that had been helping us. And uh, came out of Isaiah 40, verse 31. And I think we all know it. And it says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And we are, I mean, it's November now. It's a big push in Joburg. It's what the guys call silly season. And a lot, you know, there's a big impetus to finish the year. And, and, and then this week I was feeling a little bit tired. So I say to the Lord, hey, Lord, amen. Because I was sending it to the guys and I stumbled on the scripture and, and I, 
It says here, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. So I say, Lord, please, I need some strength for the week, you know? And I just felt the Lord just say, just go back in the scripture. Because we often read the end of it. But we don't, re- you know, we don't read how this verse came to be through the whole, through the whole chapter. And so I want us to just go back to verse 12. And I want you to think about whose you are. And that that God believes in you. That God can empower you. That God can strengthen you. That God can lift you up. That God is with you all the time. And so just listen to this if you don't have your Bibles. But in verse 12 it says here, the Lord has no equal. That means in in mathematics, you cannot balance anything to the Lord. Because there's nothing equal to it, to him. You cannot balance And so listen to this. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Not hands, hand. Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? You know what that means? He goes like this. That's how big the heavens are. Like this. Yeah. Who else has measured the heavens with his fingers? Oh, who else knows the weight of the earth? Well, we could calculate that. If we take a portion of this and then we put it on a, on a scale and we multiply it by the di- and then eventually we could possibly calculate that. But he knows it. Doesn't have to do the calculation. He already knows it. The weight of the earth. Or who has weighed mountains and hills on a scale. So there's the mountains and the hills. The big ones that the Bible says if you have enough faith you can move that mountain. God takes that and puts it on a scale. This is a big one. Who else, who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? This is massive, guys. Who's able to advise the spirit of the Lord? The great counselor, friend of sinners, husband of widows, father to the orphans. Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Does someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? And then let's move on. Isaiah goes for a bit there and then if we pick it up on verse 25 and if you're just listening to whom will you compare me for who is my equal asks the holy one look up to the look up into the heavens this is beautiful who created all the stars i mean just ask yourself the question who created all the stars what do you believe Ah, well, science tells me this and there's only enough helium and then the hydrogen's going to burn and there's six billion years left in the sun. No, there's as much time left in the sun as God says so. 
That's how much time there is. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army. He brings them out. Now, guys, if you want to talk about time, how long does it take to bring out every single star? And I'm landing here. Coming in for a landing. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. This is beautiful. Each star God knows by name. Guys, I love like the universe and stars and things like that. It's like you don't know. And then the Lord says, I know all the numbers on your head. I mean, numbers, <laughs> numbers of hair on your head. You know, and he says, it's like he knows everything, right? And so I'm going somewhere with this because the Lord really ministered to me this week, calling each by name, the stars, because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. So because of God's great power, not a single star is missing. How's this? Oh, Jacob. And if you want, put your name there. Oh, Terry. Oh, Rosie. Oh, Frank. Oh, John. How can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? How can you say that? Oh, Israel. Oh, Jared. Oh, Michael. Oh, Steve. How can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard... And have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. And no one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become tired, will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. And then this is where the scripture comes. But those who trust in the Lord, this God that he's just described himself, that has no equal, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And I just feel like the Lord is, reveal, is revealing something to us through this series that we can just trust in him on a rock solid foundation as those circles get closer and you ditch those beliefs and you see clearly what God believes about you and place your identity in him Amen Thanks Mike